from the left coast with love. It's your boy BC, the CBS Sports State of Combat podcast. We are talking boxeo, and we are back, baby. Wow. Somebody slipped me a, a Jimmy. Somebody, uh, somebody, uh, always, uh, it was the meet of Mexico. The Mexico. Something's always going on, but we are back to recap the week that was in boxeo. I mentioned nuts not bury the lead. I am in LA. I love LA. Here this weekend for Gervonta Davis's comeback. The tank returned. It was a thriller, if you will. We'll break all that down and more, including a fun, wild, and friendly Sunday night in Fresno on ESPN. Jose Ramirez packing the joint. We're going to get into all of that. The return of Chino. Hey, the return of your boys BC and Rafe Bugs, all backed, underwritten, sponsored, of course, by that performance enhancing audio, the Brian Campbell. Yes, the voice that you hear. I know you don't know what this means. Boy, there's a long way from the lip to the cup. But uh, it means something. And this show was going to provide you with another fight week fix. Fight fix. Fight week fix. All right. Hey, enough babbling. Let me bring in my fantastic co-host who's shown me the sights in L.A. once again this weekend. He's, he's New York born and bred, but this man has traveled the world. You can buy his latest book, For Love and Basketball, starring Rafe Boogs. He's a New York Times bestselling author. Yeah, like Hamed, I think he should finish. Let me bring him in. Let me lick you up. Let me lick, Let me lick you down. Cruise away. Need you in my life. Oh, wanna lick you up. Oh, baby, Rafe Bartholomew, um, I spent, I don't know, like 14 hours in the car yesterday with you listening to the uh, sultry sounds of uh, Art LeBeau's prison call-ins and uh, old-school R&B, man. I'm like, I, I think I'm ready. You, Brian, I am so glad I got to indoctrinate you to just one of the real joys of living on the West Coast, and that is... Especially Sunday night, the Art LeBeau connection when you get that extended extra hour from 6, 6 p.m. to 12 midnight of straight love jams. But you get it six nights a week here if you really want it. So, and it's just anyone who doesn't know this is not on the West Coast or, or hasn't been exposed to it. Long running radio show, amazing mix of music. You get some doo-wop, you get some lowrider classics, you get a little bit of old school hip hop. It's, it's just all over the place. You'll occasionally get some like Lisa Lisa and cult jam yes. in there. It, it gets wild. And then there are the, the dedications, which are, are often given in coded language. Brian, you were there. It was dark and cold and stormy. We got detoured about a hundred miles out of the way due to inclement weather here in Southern California. The world is ending, Brian, but we made it. We got through it. We listened to endless love in the dark together. <laughs> it was powerful. Friends do that. And right, right. And friends do that. Friends, I, friends listen to endless love in the dark. It's not a big deal. All right. It's 2019. I've looked at a lot of guys, Brian. Let's wow. just leave it at that. Well, look, I was going to keep going down the road of uh, of how you and I went down the road and break some more prison jokes, but uh, you're now referencing uh, Dwyer, and there's a Dwyer conversation that we need to have. All right, let me let me let me close down shop first on uh, on yeah, freak snowstorm Sunday night in the L.A. area. Very L.A. centric show here. So you, myself, and Alex Godinez, the 2017 and 2018 reigning. 
State of Combat in this corner. Listener of the Year are the only people that are understanding this right now. But that freak snowstorm rerouted us. We were stuck. We ended up in all pl- in all of the places in the world to detour through. We go through to Hatchapi, brother, because you know we come to snuff the rooster. Yeah. Rooster Town, won't you take me to Rooster Town? Bang, bang, yeah, bang. I, 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 Brian, Brian, come on, Brian. I, 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 it broke my heart that we got to drive through to Hatchapi in the middle of the night in some snow. And did not get to bump into Nico Macias, the rooster. I was hoping that he would be out there shoveling. Like, I think that, I honestly think that the, the I-5 freeway would not have had to have been closed if they had just given Nico Macias and that incredible motor of his, give, give that man a shovel <laughs> and send him out on the freeway. He'll have that road cleared in about five minutes flat. All right. We know, and, and you can, what's that? I, the question now is how many beers will Nico and his brothers and his father and maybe his sister have tonight in celebration? I don't think they were they were busy, Rafe. They were busy, all right? I, look, you could pay him in a case of Mountain Dew and you know, he he's he's chivalrous, right? He'll tell you he'll tell the he'll tell the creepy guys to leave the ladies alone. He is he should have been there. Leave me the hell alone tonight. Please leave her alone. <laughs> Please leave her alone. Uh, yes, Rafe. Wow, what a wild time in Cali. We're going to have a lot more on our trip to Fresno coming up shortly. Uh, the fine folks of Top Rank and, uh, and the cornerman, Evan Corn, showing us the, uh, rip, rolling out the red carpet for us in Fresno as we were able to see some bang bang going on, some really fun Sunday night fights. But before we get into this show, before we open, with a, uh, with a, with some real talk, Dwyer on Fire, some real talk about the future direction of this show. We have some fine words from our friends and sponsors. We'll be back. And we're back. Rafe Bugs BC. Your boys, we favor the Russians. Uh, Rafe, let's get into the show. We got weekend recap. We also have Dwyer on Fire to deal with. We have passionate listeners and Rafe, we urge them. We urge them to tell us what they like through a five-star review, if you will, on Apple Podcasts or wherever you consume, consume fine audio, to hit us up in those DMs, which are open, brothers, and I've heard many times. Yeah, I'm going to be honest with you. It goes down in the DMs. It really does. <laughs> it, yeah, tell them about it, Rye Guy. Uh, people, some people, the, the vocal minority are saying, guys, been with you a long time, been with you since the Grantland days, but where you're going... I ain't going with you if Dwyer's coming along. Rafe, your response. I mean, do we, should we rethink where we're going? This is a drug, a service that we are injecting into our veins that is now taking over our life. I have a few layers of response to this. First of all, in the, in the words of the great man himself, I'd like to hear your opinions. Leave them in the comment section. <laughs> or, as Mike Tyson might put it, a little more with a little less tact. If you don't like the, if you don't like it, turn off your station. Yeah. Um, wow. You're going, you're going hard. And I see, I was going to try to appease the people. And by the way, it may just be one person. I don't have that man's name on Twitter, uh, handy, but, uh, the Dwyer army, they, they showed, they came. Uh, wow. 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 Uh, d- yeah, let me, uh, let me clean that up first. So yes, he did. Uh, the Dwyer army came in force, Rafe, to defend the show, to defend the use, to defend our habit. 
And I want to see if there's a – is there an experiment we should do? Should we channel our uh, – our Seinfeld master of our domain and try to go a full episode without the, the sultry dulcet tones of Richard Dwyer. Is it possible Rafe? I'd be down for that, but you know what? I don't want it to be this week because Dwyer has some real new gems to, 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 to debut that I'm excited about. Well, none I, of which like, are a service I, I have, unfortunately. Spoiler alert. Oh, yeah. Oh, 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 my, oh my God. Look at this. Oh, yeah. Fourth wall removal. Rafe worked so hard for this show to, to research and dig. By the way, no, and I mentioned that last, nobody listens to more box pods than Rafe. More YouTube clips, more, you know, Ellie Secback, uh, Radio Rahim type of, uh, interviews. Marcos Viegas of Fight Hub TV. Rafe digs deep. He presents them to me. And then very often I run out of time to add them because I'm, uh, you know, why do you call you Radio Rain? Because suckers never play me. I'm sorry I played you this week, Rafe. But, uh, you know, we should address the, you know, we should look into where we're going. Do we just blow this whole thing up and bring Dwyer on and just end this fascination? Because when you do meet your heroes, you know, they do warn you against that. You met Billy Ray Bates. He banged half of the Philippines and you, you know, you came away a little grimy. I mean, that was not why he was anyone's hero. He was people, he, he was the black Superman because of his exploits on the basketball court, of course, not outside in the bedroom anywhere else. But yeah, I, I don't know if we, do we, do we get Dwyer on or not Dwyer? I, I, I kind of enjoy, I, I think he belongs up there in the, in the ether, in the heavens, in the YouTube realm. Cause you see, he's not he, even, unless you're interacting with Dwyer in the comments section, you don't really hear from him. He's he's a ghost, man, and and I like it. He's sort of the Kaiser Soze of boxing to me. That is that is very 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 true. All right, I'm going to try to go as long as I can. I don't think it's possible, but we'll see what happens here. Rafe, we have to get into things. Oh, any any updates on your personal life? Did do you releasing any new books? Anything you want to share with the people before we roll out the balls and get this show going? No, oh, I want I want those balls rolled now. I want some loads. Uh, that is just, I don't even know what button to press next after that kind of crap. Wow. Um, just stop it. Stop that crap. Let's start off this Saturday. Hey, the House of Box, the Den of Wars, call it StubHub Center, call it the heartbeat of America, Rafe. I made my maiden voyage at Dignity Health Sports Park, the tennis stadium, Carson, the place where people come to Bang, Rafe. You know what I'm talking about? Yes, people come to Carson to a bang, a bang, bang. We, we, got, we got to bang them a little bit. I mean, we're not banging them. And we got to see on Showtime, I got to work a little bit of the broadcast, the undercard called The Really Fun Fight. We got to see the return of Gervonta, Gervonta, as Dwyer would say, Tank <laughs> Davis, uh, the future pay-per-view king self-appointed. Returned against late replacement Hector Ruiz. And for all the talk, Rafe, of Tank needing three chances to make weight on Friday. And is Ruiz a more dangerous opponent than Abdurmaris who pulled out? Is this, is that? In the end, Tank bangs at 1.30, Rafe. And there was more to talk about with his ring entrance than inside the ring on Saturday night. Are you not entertained? No, I'm not entertained. Why would, who was, how many people were, look, I'm glad that it did not have to last that long, but 
Besides that, why why should I have been entertained? Look, this is not Gervonta Davis's fault that he ended up fighting Hugo Ruiz after Abner Maris had to pull out. Abner Maris had an injury two weeks before the fight. These things happen. But no, I I, I watched because I am a fan and boxing overall is a service that I have. But entertained? Give me a break. Let's. We've been saying this for a while. And we were saying it over and over again while we're sitting in the car, you know, hoping neither of us tries to make a move, reach around or anything. Oh, what? 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 <sighs> Sorry to pull back the curtain a little bit. It's 2019. That's all I'm going to say, guys. Remember, Maybe, 2019. Uh, he blew his wad early. <laughs> um, no, no, but, but seriously, man, we're saying before we go around anointing Gervonta Davis, can he fight? Some meaningful fights in his own weight class. Which weight, was, ca- which just, weight category are you talking about? You want him to, you want him to be a, a junior lightweight who fights junior lightweights? Is that what you're talking about? Yes, I would like that. You know, and look, we gotta give him credit for the way he beat Jose Pedraza, who we've seen now fight a really, really good fight against Vasily Lomachenko. Pedraza seemed to come into the Davis fight with the world's worst game plan, but whatever. Davis still beat the crap out of him and looked great doing it. So that is, but that, that, that correct me if I'm wrong. And, and, and I might be cause I have not studied the box rec in the last five minutes, but does Javante have another win? That's impressive besides that. Besides Pedraza. Yeah. Quasar blew him away. I know he's a 126 who moved up, but, uh, uh, do you put stock in young Liam Walsh? Okay, so so no, I don't put no. I don't even know who that goddamn man is. Wow! What is, stop that crap! Stop that crap, Brian! Look, look. Yeah, I'm looking. What using using the same logic that Floyd used after the fight, right? They're they're hamming it up, talking it up. Floyd is doing his promoter act, whatever you whatever you think of it. Floyd is there, and he's saying, he's like, oh. As Floyd would say, Floyd likes to say it, Lomachenko, or whatever, however he pronounces it. I'm not gonna say it that way, alright? At least I know, you already went down that road once, uh, many years ago. Don't you, no, 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 I mean, just, you know. That is not permissible! That is not allowable! There's no doubt about it! Look, to get to the point finally, Floyd is out there saying, Lomachenko beat up, beat up, Tank scraps and did worse job, did a worse seconds. job with it. Yeah, he's referencing right? Jose Sniper Pedraza, who Tank knocked right. out and, well, and, and yeah. if we're talking about Cuellar and Tank's win over Cuellar, well, he's beaten up who? Abner Mars' scraps? Wanma. Yeah, he beat up Wanma. He killed Wanma right in front of us that time in Vegas, yes. No, 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 but, but, but Cuellar had already lost to Maris. Yes. And so lo- he's, I mean, so badly. what? Like, uh, you put that logic on Tank. That's not a great I, win look, either. I, look, I, I, I'll say this again after some of the, what we heard from Floyd this weekend. I'm sure he's a fantastic behind the scenes mentor because here's a guy who beat the game in business and in many ways beat the game in the dangers of the sport through his own incredible work ethic and defensive style to protect his brain from getting unnecessary punishment. But I don't think he's a great public uh, face as a promoter and like representative of a fighter because he's almost speaking things that should be said behind the scenes strategically on the damn microphone. Like, oh, you know, we don't need to fight Lomachenko next. Let, he's uh, Floyd was almost saying, Rafe, let's wait out Lomachenko until he gets old 
if he wants to fight us. Like that's literally that's basically what he's saying. You don't say that if you're a promoter or or hype man or manager. You you know you you strategically plan that out on Uncle Al's desk, but you don't you don't bring that to the masses. So that was disappointing. We can get even deeper into that in a second, but uh in the end is this just this was a waste of your time is that what you're saying? KO1 Hugo Ruiz, he felt that power. He I mean, look, we know what this man can do at 130, this man Tank Davis, and he did it again. So if he stays active this year and fights three to four times, will he begin to win over your heart? Can he become the next great pay-per-view star, Rafe? He can have a good year, yeah. And if he does have three or four fights, although we, we're going to talk about this in a second, what fight is he talking about next? He's not talking about fighting a boxer next. He's talking about an ex- exhibition with the, the 120-pound child that Floyd knocked out wow. in, uh, on New Year's Eve or whenever that happened. Like, this is this is getting it's just ridiculous. It is the ridiculousness in boxing, Brian, is out of control. Don't tempt me uh, to press wire. Don't do it. I'm trying <laughs> to stay good, dude. I promised my family I would not touch this stuff anymore. Okay, baby, I just don't get it. Baby, I just don't get it. Yeah. All right. Um. So look, he blows away Hugo Ruiz. Looks fantastic. The power's real. But I thought coming in. We needed to see, we needed to learn more about Tank in this fight. And unfortunately, this whole weekend, the only thing we really learned about Tank it, were some of the negative things, right? Blows off the Showtime fighter meeting, which again, for fans, they probably don't care. Takes a couple tries to make weight. So for an extra 24 hours, we had to do the, is Tank still unprofessional? Is he not focused? Or is it just that his body can't make 130? What I wanted for him in this fight was to go some rounds and look fantastic doing it because Rafe, he's blowing away guys from 126 moving up, but he's not really fighting. The, 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 I think the criticism's real. He's not really fighting prime 130 guys. He had only fought three rounds in 18 months coming in. We covered all the personal issues. If he stays busy this year, I mean, how busy he wants to stay obviously is, is going to be up to him and Chris Mannix. How busy would you like to be this year? Busy. If he stays busy this year, he can turn some of that around. But in the end, Rafe, was this just a push this weekend? Just, just a push? I mean, we got to see some rappers ringside for the Grammys. We got to see a thriller entrance, which was, which was kind of cool. I, I'm not clowning on that. That was kind of cool, Rafe. I got nothing against the entrance. And yeah, I do think it was a push. And again, this is not Gervonta Davis's fault. I was, I was more, I was higher on the Abner Maris matchup than a lot of boxing fans who were like, oh, he's small, he's old. But Maris, we've seen, he comes to fight and he, he's overachieved in these spots where we think he's getting sort of put in a little over his head. I mean, the first time he got put in with, with Leo Santa Cruz, people thought, man, he was, Maris was best at 122 and he's been in some wars. Uh, Man, you, you leave Dwyer out and I start talking like Dwyer. He's in our heads. Um, but, so it's not Javante Davis's fault that this ends up a push, but the hype coming after it, like this was some amazing performance that we got to get down and start kissing people's asses and uh, over. I'm just not here for it, man. I, I, I can wait. And, and then to follow it up, instead of talking about making meaningful fights, instead, instead of, Flo- again, going back to Floyd's comments after the fights, where he's saying, Lomachenko's only getting older, we're not fighting, we don't need to fight him, we got 10 years before we before we got to even worry about taking a meaningful fight, essentially. I, I don't think he actually meant that, but that was sort of the implication. That's what I'm saying, uh, you can't, like, here's the thing, even if they have no want whatsoever to fight Lomachenko, or even in, in their mind, if they're like, We'll fight him in three years. We'll set it up Mayweather Pacquiao style. We'll build till we get there. We'll hope to age him out a little Canelo Triple G style. You never say that publicly. You know what you say? 
We'd love to fight Lomachenko next. We'll fight him right now. That's what you say, Rafe. You tease the fans. Do you know what happened during that five and a half years of frustration for fans for in the build to Mayweather-Pacquiao? You know why we didn't riot and throw bricks through windows? Because every fight, we waited during that post-fight interview. Were they going to mention it? Are they going to say the other guy's name? And they'd tease the bag just enough. They'd play with the bag. They'd touch the bag. You have a little bit of fun with the bag. You play with it. You win combinations on the bag. He can't handle your seed, son. Yeah, <laughs> gross. Um, Rafe, don't say that. Say yes. We're going to look into that. We'd love to fight him this year. And then everyone really knows you're not fighting him this year. He's on top rank. We're not doing the joint pay-per-view yet. We need Tank to get a little more famous. We need Vasily to get a little more old. We get and Brian, it. And Brian. And Brian. Again, I would be happy. He doesn't need to fight Vasily Lomachenko, who most people still believe is the pound-for-pound pound best fighter on the planet. Yeah, don't give I would be happy if Javante Davis fights, and I know, again, there are probably some promotional issues here. Fight another top 130-pounder. Fight Miguel Burchelt after he heals up and gets done with his with his Francisco Vargas fight. Get Fight another an, fight Tevin Farmer. They, they started, were moving towards that a couple of years ago. Then it fell apart. Now Farmer's Law on the zone fighting crazy bearded bums. It's it's just I'm oh man I'm I'm going Teddy today man. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's getting well, to me. Speaking of Miguel Burchell, you and I or maybe let's say me. Thought we saw him in the crowd in Fresno at the top. No, 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 no. Don't put that. Don't you put that evil on me, Ricky Bobby. Uh, and I approached. I went out of my way to follow and approach. And I had the full on Morales, my campeon, huevos speech ready. I was going to say Burchell, huevos. You know, I was going to just love on the man. And then the man next to him said, no, no, that's not Burchell. That's some prospect who's five and oh and suddenly i look like a they are all mexican warriors look alike racist but uh we almost had a fun moment there right we almost did all right i would be careful running up on active fighters and just yelling huevos at them i don't i just you don't know exactly how people are gonna take that rafe i have exuberance that cannot be bottled rafe i need to i need to shake the bottle and unleash it on people Wow. Practice load hot. management, please. Yes, please, Teddy. Talk to me about it. Wow. It is hot. Wow. It is good. Oh. Going back. You're excited. Uh, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of load management, I did on the, uh, on the Showtime, uh, streaming undercard, I did drop a, uh, a load watch and, uh, I don't think anybody picked up on it. I wasn't pulled from the chair and nobody tweeted about it. So it was, Rafe, if a load watch happens and nobody deals with the mess, did it actually happen? Well, I, I think anyone who has experience in these matters knows that there usually is some residue left behind. Oh, okay. So no, move on, it's, move it's on. not it's not like the proverbial tree falling in the woods. Oh god! Uh, all right, so, so what's next for Tank is the real question here. He was saying all week, "I want to fight three times this year." That suddenly, the last two days during interviews, turned into, "I want to fight four times." I may have a fourth opportunity. That fourth opportunity, you. Uh, revealed a few minutes ago, and Floyd revealed in post-fight interviews, Tank Davis is considering, through Floyd, from Floyd and by Floyd, an April trip to Japan to fight the same 18-year-old, 122-pound kickboxing phenom, Tenshin Nasukawa, who Mayweather destroyed in round one of their circus act on New Year's Eve. 
Uh, Rafe, we could go down a rabbit hole of being, why is a prime fighter like Tank, who's 24, who's trying to be busy to become the pay-per-view star he's telling us he can be, why the hell would he go to Japan, probably off US TV, to fight a guy like two weight classes below him? But I don't even want to have that argument because it's so ridiculous and we, we get it. I mean, and now for more ridiculousness in boxing, Dwyer, I want to have the argument of what the hell is wrong with tension? What is he getting paid? Does he owe people money? Why? Why, Rafe? I don't, yeah, what, what could that man possibly be a good idea to him after whatever happened in December where whether you believed it was real or not, he's crying in the ring. He just looked embarrassed out there. Why would fighting a younger, fresher boxer who isn't even – talk about somebody who's not going to know it's an exhibition. I feel like Javante Davis is just going to go out there and hurt him. And it's just insane, man. I, and then honestly, the other – one thing I was thinking about it, we talk about how valuable fighters' careers are and how they need to protect themselves and all this stuff. Well, that – just stepping in the ring for some weird exhibition is a big risk – in general, because you don't know what's going to happen. You are still in a ring. There's only two people in there and one referee. And what if tension decides he ain't going out like that this time wow. and start taking people's heads off with kicks? Like that could be bad too. What if he, what if he gives him, what if he gives, kicks his leg and cracks some weird compound fracture stuff? We don't want any Tong Po action going on out wow. there. This, like, I mean, just it's it's the idea that this would be a, a smart, safe way to manage a young, a young up and coming champion's career, even if he got his belt through nefarious means. And we could talk about that later. But it's the like, wh why would you take these weird risks, put a guy's body on the line in training, however much training it would take him to fight Tenshin Nasukawa, and then whatever happens in a fight, even, I mean, we saw Ryan Burnett pulling, messing up his whole body in just on a freak muscle whatever thing, fighting Nonito Donaire months ago. That stuff happens every time, and that is a possibility Anytime you, you're active like that, it kind of, I mean, slight, another weird tangent, but this is what I would, this is my real issue with Teofimo Lopez doing backflips in the ring. One day he gonna, he's gonna slip. I mean, we've seen rings are, get wet. They got blood, uh -oh. water, sweat. Here comes Jack Reese Ray. He's gonna Jack slip, blow a knee out. And, and it's like, what the, what is wrong? You're trying to show out. That is what you get for hot dogging. Like, like I don't care. It's not right or wrong. It's not respect or not respect. Just be smart, man. Protect yeah. your body. That that is worth millions of dollars for these guys. That I is love... a, a gift that only one percent of people in the world less have. Rafe is not as washed as me, but I love when old man Jack Reese Rafe comes out. Get off my lawn. You're like you're imagining Gus Farad of the Redskins get doing the headbutt into the wall after scoring a touchdown and missing the rest of the year with a concussion. Yeah, I get what you're saying. I did I catch a tongue pow in there? What you are is a tongue pow bitch. Wow, wow. If I don't know where you were going there, you were all over the place. I said Tong Po, all the right. movie Kickboxer. Okay, I'm sorry. It all. All right, we don't want Nasakawa to 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 go crazy and and do something untoward to Javante Davis to get back at Floyd Mayweather. Uh Rafe, uh not to uh intervene and have an intervention on the air, but uh in order to make that five and a half hour drive home through the snow in the mountains yesterday, you did consume a lot of cola. We're bringing in B Hop to check things out. The soda to me is like liquid crack. 
Uh, they don't do anything for the body. You okay with where B-Hop's going here? Look, man, you know as well as I do that it got a little bit gnarly and weird at parts of that drive. And we were cracking up at times. I don't mean in like laughing hard. We had some good laughs, but I mean, it was getting, a, it was a mental test of fortitude inside that vehicle at times last night where we were getting a little giddy. We were in there listening to the Art LeBeau calls and we started doing imagining calls from Sergey Kovalev when he's in jail. <laughs> Hello, my boxing fans. I want to dedicate a song. Like it, it was getting weird in there. And yeah, sometimes I, I'm trying to stay off. But you just got to you got to go back to what's going to get you through those moments. And unfortunately for me, that was the liquid crack. I was in your ass and you was ready to quit and you was blowing and puffing and went to your corner like a rag doll, done, defeated and knew that you lost that fight. Yeah. No, that's I our gangster out here. That's how men roll. And he ain't a man. All right, if Tank does that, whatever. Okay, really, whatever. That's fine. I don't know what that means. Do you just get millions by doing that? I don't know what the appeal is, but that's fine. We need him to fight 130-pound bouts that matter, Rafe. It's not going to be Lomachenko. We mentioned I was disappointed on how they handled that. It wasn't going to be Lomachenko anyway. That's a fight you really do business-wise have to build toward. It would have to be some kind of ESPN Showtime joint pay-per-view in the end. You want to get... Uh, tank a lot more famous. We just need him to fight prime 130s. Rafe, would you be happy? And don't forget on this show last week, Tank did mention when I asked him, you know, what are you angling for for the future? He's excited about the idea of those big name 126s moving up to 130, which, yes, kind of fulfills the stereotype criticism people have against him that all he does is fight up, fight blown up heavyweights or featherweights. Yet, if one of those guys is Leo Santa Cruz, who's supposed to be moving up to 130 after Saturday's uh, return against late replacement Rafael Rivera on Fox, uh, are you gonna? Is that that's the fight we need, right? I mean, could you see a Gervonta Leo fight in 2019 late in the year? I mean, that could be something. I'd build to that. I'd get excited. I'd love to see that. But Brian, are you serious? Are you, I, like, I feel like I'm. I got a Golovkin you here. I, I, Brian. Are you serious? Are you serious, Brian? I mean, what makes you believe that we could be headed in that direction? How long have we, we've been waiting for Gary Russell and Leo Santa Cruz to fight? Uh, and I know Mo, we, we probably are right to put uh, maybe the lion's share of that blame on Gary Russell, who's been an inactive fighter throughout his career, despite being such a really entertaining, talented, great fighter to watch. So maybe that's more on Russell than Leo, and Leo does seem like he's game. But again, who's Leo fighting this week? It ain't it, it ain't a great 126 pound contender yeah, either. I know we right. had uh, one guy pull out, another guy jump in, but n- ain't no difference as far as I can see in terms of quality of opposition there. Um, how that's gonna lead to a super fight type event or a, a small super fight type event between two of the great the best fighters under 135 pounds at the moment, I would just be surprised. Look, nothing's impossible. Never say never, but I would uh, not count on it. All right. You're right. The, the the PBC model is to slow build. We still haven't even gotten to Leo, Gary Russell, so good luck on that. What about somebody like a Javier Fortuna who came back down to 135, defeated Sharif Bogre by decision in the opener on Showtime's triple header, has said before that fight, look, Tank, I'll meet you at 35. I'll come back down to 30. I just got up from falling on my head Kermit Cintron style against Granados, but I'll come back down to 30. Would that fight move you? It wouldn't move me. Like, I'm not getting up for that fight. We've just seen 
enough of Fortuna at this point. I'm not, but he's still a good fighter. He's still, it would be a worthwhile, it would be a worthwhile bout. But man, it's not something that I would get excited about. I'm, we try, I tried to watch, <laughs> I tried to watch the opener on Saturday. It wasn't easy. I, it's just not, it ain't, it ain't, it ain't there for me, man. I, Rafe doesn't bend to the pressures of pleasing any masters. He is an independent voice on this show, and it's it's just it's not good. He's not t- that's not a service he's touching. So I'm I'm fine with that. My final suggestion to you on the future of Tank for opponents here is from the latest news category this past week. My boy Yuri Gamboa. Yes, he's in his late thirties. Yes, it's been a long time since the Balco days. Yuri Gamboa signs with PBC. Top copywriter Mike Coppinger reports from the ring. That there's going to be a soft comeback bout, and then he's going to be looking to fight the likes of Gervonta Davis. Rafe, I'm all in on that. I know Gambi, Gambo is a little washed, but he still has the hand speed. He's an, he fights an aggressive action style. He goes for it. Am I disappointed that suddenly this means we're not, we might not be getting Gamboa, Wanma, and Marlon Stadium on some independent pay-per-view? Hey, we can get that. Next year or for the rest of our lives, Rafe? There's no time limit on that fight. It's still on Bob's stove right now, all right? We don't believe in effing contracts. That fight can manifest any time. Would you be in on the level that I'm in? Tank Gambo. Come on, bro. It's a better name. It's a better name than Javier Fortuna. But what are we talking about Brian why would that what, what how does how is that any better Gamboa is at a very late stage in his career and good for him for being able to get some still being able to capitalize on his name looks like he'll get a few more decent paydays out of it I'm rooting for that but no he's an he's he's an older fighter who who was when he was at his best relying on incredible athletic gifts and speed and reflexes and being able to j- collapse the pocket and he could be sudden brian and do things that other fighters couldn't do he could make you flip cheeseburgers now wow. when you say now, things that fighters won't now do, do you mean he's on a this pie level? for javante davis oh champ you're gonna need about five to seven more of them pies um when you say things people won't do i do stuff that people don't do in boxing when have you ever seen two men face to face before they fight and the other man kiss him on the lips that's a fair point um the one thing though yuri gamboa is a test maker he's the test man rafe he tested bud's balls can he test tank you remember how long ago that was man all right, I look, there's fighters that I love that I'm standing by forever. Some people saw the tweets of my guy Vonis lately. I'm standing by Team Vonis. That guy hits like a train. And- Rafe, I stand by my guys. Gamboa, nine lives, Zab Judah style. Still real to me, damn it. There will be no besmirching of Gamboa on this timeline. Fair enough. All right, let's roll out of there. Uh, co-main event, were you impressed at all by Mario Barrios, uh, the Virgil Hunter product, who had a lot of sparring with Amir Khan, Devin Haney coming in, uh, rolled past that unknown dude, uh, Richard Zamora, and, uh, yeah, you got, you, 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 look, he's a fun, he's, he brings the fight. He brings the fight forward. 24 years old, bangs from Texas. Yep. It looked fun. I have no clue what any of it means, but we'll see uh, where it goes. Rafe's like, do not ask me what happened on the Showtime undercard. Uh, speaking of that Showtime undercard, Rafe, you heard my voice. You didn't hear it because apparently you weren't watching. But my voice was all over that 
streaming undercard. My good friends Ray Flores and Steve Farhood joining me on the call. And that main event on that preliminary card was Erickson Lubin, the 23-year-old, bouncing back in a big way, Rafe, becoming the first fighter to stop 40-year-old tough-ass gatekeeper Ishe Smith, who retired after the fight, got knocked down four times, did not answer the bell after round three. Rafe, we talked a lot coming in how this could be a sneaky good fight. Some people thought it was the best fight on the whole card, and that's because of how Ishe challenges fighters in his old age. Ishe had nothing on this night. Lubin's power seemed to be for real. How impressed are you, not necessarily on this fight, because I think it was a perfect storm of an equilibrium shot to Ishe's ear mixed with Ishe turned the corner. He's, he's washed. He walked away at the right time. So I'm not going to give Lubin, like, uh, I'm not going to bake him a cake, but... How excited are you on the future of Lubin now that it seems like that Jermel Charlo KO1 is a distant memory to him? Pretty excited. I, I always liked Lubin. I don't know exactly why, but it, I got a, it gave me a good feeling watching him. I, I like it, it. It just seemed like a solid, all around good, talented young fighter. And man, I, I was just, I think I, I believe I picked him to pull off an upset over Jermel Charlo. Whoops. Wow, let's um, file that in the Jojo so, Dan over Kel Brook envelope. Look, I wasn't alone in that. I know Dwyer had Lubin in that fight, all right? And and well, I, I'm not a hedge a better. Foot boxer, Rafe, right? Um, but there's no reason why of you know getting caught cold, knocked out in the first round like he got against Char against Charlo. There's no reason why that should end the guy's career or means that he still he can't become a champion someday or be one of the top 154 pounders or maybe top middleweights as he ages over the course of his career and and do we have any indication that he's actually going to get there after beating Ishe Smith not necessarily but it would have been a lot it's not it's it's not like David Price losing twice in a row to Tony Thompson and when you knew it was over so Lubin needed this. He need, and and he looked good. He didn't just get through it. Ishe looked like he didn't have much left, so it's hard to really evaluate Lubin. But shoot, put him in there, step it up a little bit, see what happens. I interviewed him before the fight for Showtime a couple of days before, and you know I brought up some comments I had read that he had a sparring session with Tony Harrison, who's now the champion, upset Jermel Charlo on Fox, and uh, this was a few years ago, and he claims Harrison came in talking trash to his gym. They had a sparring matchup, and Lubin put it on him. I'm here for future fights that involve Lubin rematching Jermel, Lubin getting a shot at Tony Harrison. That would be a fun fight style-wise. I'm not sure if I'm ready to throw Lubin into, like, Jared Hurd territory, but Lubin-Harrison could be some business, Rafe. I'd be down, man. I, he's not He's not getting that shot right away. Don't they want to put that belt back on a Charlo or something? Yeah, yeah. They'll, they'll get that. Jermel will get that chance. We're probably more likely to see Jermel beating Tony Harrison than Jermel maybe getting Lubin two fights from now, how they also, I think it wasn't the wasn't the first lesson from Lubin not to not to rush. He's still real young. Why go? I know everybody wants the belt. Everybody wants the money. Everybody wants the fame. But damn, like, you know, they went a little too fast the first time. Well, they right. pushed a little too fast. Slow it down. Take your time. Fight some meaningful fights. Do some real matchmaker style career building. It's not the kind of stuff that PBC is known for in the same way. PBC makes great stars and has great talent. They don't build a fighter like Top Rank does, right? But but maybe take a book out of the, the Moretti playbook, the great matchmakers of Top Rank, you know? M move them up. Let Lubin face some different kind of guys who will give him different looks. Make him, make him get through 10, 12 rounds with some rugged caveman who...
Make just give him some more experience before he has to go fight for a title again. So what you're saying is call Alfredo Angulo. Absolutely, absolutely. El Perro, all the all the Hector Munoz, grab him out from whatever rock he's hiding under. I want to see his gun hey, tattoos. Call Vanas, uh, bring him out. Call Don King and Vanas. I'm here for that fight. But Rafe, you yeah. talked about rushing. You know, Charles Hatley. No, no, no. He's he's uh he's still vacationing in hell after that Charlo fight. Uh, Rafe, I heard though that first you get the money, then you get the power. And then you get the respect. But Lubin has the power. He just earned back my respect. I think it's time to go after the money, Rafe. All right? Give him the loot. He's a bad, bad man. Listen, playa. All right? <laughs> Where are we going here? Nowhere. All right. Um. So that was that, Rafe. Now let's talk about our trip, our sojourn to Fresno, California. My first time there. Rafe, I'm down. I'm down for that breadbasket middle area of California. Because uh, some fun rest stops along the way, mountain views in the distance, and what we ended up getting. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not going to get a weird and hyper hyperbolic. It was a fun slice of not middle America, but middle America, California, to go to a boxing card with a wild and incredibly enthusiastic crowd that's there to treat their young champion, unbeaten Jose Ramirez, the 140-pound titleist, as if he's the only pro sports franchise they have, which is true. It's very Terrence Crawford in Omaha-like. Rafe, we got a taste of it. That crowd was fun, man. A sellout of 14,000 inside that safe Mar- CP Fresh Mart Arena, Sa- Save Mart, whatever it was. Uh, Save Mart Center in Fresno, California. Let's, while we're, while we're, while we're kissing up the uh, the Central Valley, let's get it right. Yeah, shout out to the Central Valley. As we were walking in, I mean, look, I come from Connecticut. There's no boxing fans in Connecticut unless you're in, like, inner city Hartford. And you just see families rolling in. I mean, like, this is boxing's backbone, the, these type of events, these type of fans. Great to see that feeling inside the arena. Yeah, part of it is the top-ranked production, but it was electric. You had Jose Ramirez doing the whole KO cancer thing, everybody in the crowd getting free T-shirts and signs. It felt so different than a Vegas crowd for a big fight where it's all high rollers or a uh, Indian casino fight because there was a giant site fee, and that's the only reason why it's going there. I, we say this all the time. We wish that promoters would bring fighters to their hometowns, build followings. I got a piece of that following, Rafe. I liked it. I want more of it. I left a little on my gums for later. I mean, I'm ready. Uh, yeah, and and so uh, Jose Ramirez is from Avenal, a little bit down, you know, the five uh, from, well, Fresno's not on the five anyway. We don't need to get too deep into geography. Um, you know, from the Central Valley has been really, has been an advocate for the community, for for immigration rights, for a lot of really good causes, in, in my opinion. Uh, and this, you know, what? KO cancer, also a pretty easy cause to get behind. Good call on that one, guys. Uh, and it is cool to see the, you know, the, the surrounding areas in the, the Central Valley from whether people driving up from Avenal, uh, people from Fresno, whoever else came out. It, that was a good crowd. That was the crowd that knew boxing, knew that this was, uh, an event coming into their neighbor, into their, into their, into their mm, getting deep in there, you know, their and they felt hole? it. Their feel the hole. feel hole, the feel spots, yeah. And just it, it's it's those are the best crowds to be a part of because, like you said, it's not this this group of random people in a in a casino in Temecula. Like, why are we here? Who is this? What is this guy? Why is he wearing a bathrobe? Uh, this is <laughs> th- this was people who made made their Sunday 
based it around, planned it around going to see a local kid defend his title near his hometown and, and just fighting with all that hometown pride. Now we're going to get into the fight, which was a great, I, we, we could, I'd say it's a very good, too great fight. I mean, a great matchup. I don't know if it's a great fight, but Zepeda, really awesome oh effort, God, fun clash of styles. We, we were, we were getting down. Liking. I love me some Jose Chan Zepeda. I love this man. Kind of has the look of a sexy Sergio style, very muscular, southpaw, counter puncher. Waits for you to overextend and come in. Lands sneaky shots. Leads with his head a lot. Showed some toughness because there were times when Jose Ramirez would rally back with flurries. Zepeda would get get lit up. Uh, this is a really fun fight. It was as advertised. The main event, Jose Ramirez in the end, defending his 140-pound title by what? Majority decision? One Was it one card, 114, 114? Yeah, one draw score card and then uh, 116, 112, 115, 113. Uh, there were a lot of close rounds. The only thing, like, I, look, I think... Not to, not to get all Max Kellerman on you. I think Jose Zepeda won the, the night, won the story of the fight, if you will. But Ramirez had big rallies. He had the home crowd supporting him. And if anything you can say against Zepeda in a close fight that could have gone either way, I had it 7-5 Zepeda. There were a lot of these split rounds where it's like, it's gonna either, it's gonna be a 15-13 in either direction. You know what's coming. In the end, it went to the hometown fighter, but, what a really fun style matchup. There were elements of high-speed chess here with Ramirez, the the orthodox fighter, Robert Garcia in his corner, pressure fighter comes forward, going up against his former trainer, Freddie Roach, in the corner of Zepeda. Uh, some real high... T- for Even though, yes, we had action, even though, yes, we had the passion of the fans, Rafe, you know what I get down with. There was some high-speed chess. There was some high-value uh, technique going on in there. I loved it. Yes, I mean, and Zepeda really brought in that 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 element with his boxing, with his the way he was making Ramirez miss, and and also interrupting Ramirez's uh, his rhythm, and with 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 you know just popping him with jabs, and then slipping in, sneaking in those those some really crisp, nice left hands uh, to 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 keep Ramirez from from getting off from fighting at the same work rate that that we've seen him overwhelm other opponents with. It was a nice performance. Uh, and one where he's gonna, I think he will get a lot of credit for it, even though it was a lo- he ended up getting the loss because that'll go down like one of the like who who was it that that drew with Canelo early in his career was that like um, uh, Miguel Vasquez or 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 maybe um or no it was with Ch- with Chavez Jr. It was um. Wasn't it a Molina who drew with one of them? Carlos yeah, Car- well, the, the Carlos Molina who we're not allowed to speak of, right? Uh, for because he, he, he anyway, we're not going to get into it. But that Carlos Molina, yeah, had a draw with a certain what Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. way back in the day in Mexico, and you could look at that and be like, yeah, that means he probably won. I think that's how people will who who will remember this fight. That's what they a lot of them are going to take away. It's like Zepeda, yeah, he didn't quite get the win. And there were rounds in the middle where even though he maybe Zepeda lands maybe the three flashiest shots, I I felt I I was sitting there thinking like, man, yeah, you're boxing really well, you're defending well, you're you're picking off a lot of these shots, you're making a miss, but you're not doing enough to make this emphatic in a guy's hometown. I was worried, and then that is exactly, it seems, how the judges saw things. Yeah, he left, he left that door open just enough. We're not banging him enough. We gotta bang him. Uh, he was tough though. He responded well in key situations. I think in the end, look, here's a guy I didn't know a ton about, knew the name, knew the relationship with Freddie Roach, won me over big time, wanna see him again, think he's 
easily ready on this 140 title level to stay moving forward. Is there anything negative, though, that we should be taking about Jose Ramirez's performance? And that sounds kind of counter... Uh, productive here because it was an, it was a tough fight. It was a really tough fight in this homecoming bout. But I love Jose Ramirez's craft. He's a pressure fighter with craft. He throws a lot of feints to get inside, puts punches together well. But you can't come away from this fight, I don't think, Rafe, being like, this is the, this is prime Jose Ramirez. This is arguably the best fighter at 140. I thought he kind of did just enough to fight off the effort of Zapata. And look, some nights you have to do that. But I don't know if this was a giant step forward, maybe for the brand of Ramirez, because they were headlining a show on regular ESPN on Sunday night in an earlier start time. But I don't know if I came out of there being more impressed than I had been. You? Oh, Brian. Brian. Oh, do tell. I'm willing to... I don't, I don't know that I want to own this hot take, but I'm ready to put it on the stove. I'm ready to start getting it up to a simmer. And that is even in lose, in his losing effort, you could say, and the haters out there definitely will say that Jose Zepeda to a little small, some degree might have exposed Jose Ramirez. Wow. Exposed something about him. Just not exposed him as a, as a fraud, as a guy who, who, who look, he, he beat, the thing is we, and we go back to that fight with Amir Imam, who we know is a pretty good fighter, slick, powerful, long, does a lot of things well. Ramirez outwilled him and really, really had Imam looking beat at the end of that fight in which they won the belt. That, that showed us a lot about Ramirez's spirit, his motor, his, his ability to just keep applying that pressure until it it breaks down an opponent but i think that we are seeing he isn't one of the high-end talents in the division it's uh, that's that's what the eye test says and when you look at this division guys like regis progre josh taylor teofimo lopez talking about moving up from lightweight by at for by next year there are some high octane Diamond, blue chip talents out there. And I don't know that I would favor Jose Ramirez against that higher level. So does that mean he gets exposed as, as not a, a, a world class fighter? No, of course not. He's a world class fighter, but maybe we, we are seeing enough evidence here to say that Jose Ramirez is not a, a real you know, the, 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 the true champion of a division type world class fighter. Right, right. I mean, I mean, he's an educated pressure fighter. But I think Zapata lowered his lowered Ramirez's output a lot of times just by being tricky, by giving him something to think about. But hey, Ramirez, you give him that credit. He got through the test, whether whether there were small elements of hometown support, but it's really hard to even say that because we mentioned Zapata left the door open just enough. Fun fight in the end. We'll see where he goes moving forward. Hey, it may be against the winner of that co-main event, Rafe. You and I came in right as this co-main event was starting, and the crowd was hot fire for Raimundo Beltran, the uh former title holder, the former Pacquiao lifetime sparring partner, the former uh fighting for a green card. Did he ever get that? I don't I hope he did. I I want him to get it. I hope he's in the process. The that story has cooled down, but he's still fighting and his family was in the ring after the win, so let's let's assume that things are on the right track and knock on wood for Ray Beltran. Rafe, could we go as far as saying this turned out to be in this short period of twenty nineteen, we're a month in the fight of the year so far in 2019? I don't know. Ray Beltran versus Okada, a guy, a service I did not have coming in, Rafe, turned into a two-way war. Okada, in a wild round three, Okada gets dropped, gets back up, 
Looked like he dropped Beltran down to a knee. Ref didn't call it. They brawl to the end. Then you had little pockets the rest of the way of just beautiful two-way fighting in the corner. Beltran up slightly on two of three scorecards late. Gets the stoppage in, uh, was it round nine or round 11? Do you remember? Nine. Nine. And the crowd just, oh my, the crowd. I said that like I was so sure. I really am not, but I, that sounds right to me. Nine. It was definitely nine, Brian. Oh my God. You know what the crowd felt like? Another hot beef injection. The crowd just injected the air with just, yeah. They tinkled with the Finkel, Rafe. It was great. What a finish. What a moment to experience live. Ray Beltran at what, 37 finds another life. Do you want to see Ray Beltran, Jose Ramirez? Because I kind of felt like top rank by booking the card this way was sort of setting that up. Right. And this was Beltran's first, I believe, maybe second fight at junior welterweight, 140 pounds. So he moved weight, up from weight, lightweight. Weight category. Weight category. Oh, sorry. That's the correct way to, to, to refer. Weight category, one for zero. Uh, maybe four or five stones or maybe six, seven <laughs> stones, some kind of, some amount of stones. Uh, beat, Ray, one I thing beat. we know about Ray Beltran, that guy has some stones on him. He fights like a tough, tough gang member. Let's not say that about a guy whose status, legal status may still be pending. <laughs> uh, but Brian, uh, the thing I liked about Beltran's performance was that he, he, he exercised some load management. You know, in those, the, 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 I think rounds maybe six and seven, he took his foot off the gas. He moved around the ring. He almost took the rounds off. And I think he lost those rounds. And a lot of us in the, in the, in, at ringside and in the arena were thinking, oh, damn, did, did he hurt himself? Is he, is he gassed? What's, what's wrong with Ray? Because this is not how he usually looks in the ring. But then boom, rounds eight and nine, he turns it back on with the quickness. And really used that second win to take over the fight and, and, and end it. And it was, I mean, that was a smart, veteran, impressive performance. And is it a little, look, we just, I just, I just railed about Javante Davis's opposition. Um, and I don't, I, I would say that in this case, if, if Jose Ramirez goes on to fight Ray Beltran next, I wouldn't consider that the best possible. Yeah. Stiffest test for him, but it's it, it would be a Against fun two. fight. And they're making good TV on ESPN. That is hard to to deny, and that would be another absolute cracker, as the Brits like to say. Because uh, Ray Beltran is going to come in and really give it his all, and and we haven't seen. I mean, I, I looked it up on Boxer because I was curious. He hasn't been stopped in eleven years. By the who? guy and. Oh, I forget it was it was against earlier who? in his career a guy like it might have been like Amos Diaz or somebody bad nobody great um but you know that means he went to di- we've seen Beltran went the distance with Bud Crawford he he's he went to this he, he went to distance with Pedraza when Pedraza was looking good dropped him late in that fight and that was a close fight where he, he it, if that knockout knockdown hadn't occurred Beltran might have had a case for winning so he's still on a near world level he's obviously long in the tooth He's he's coming up in weight. It doesn't add up to a marquee type uh, level of opponent for a prime young champion like Jose Ramirez. But still, it'll be a fun fight. It'll and, and it'll be one that jerks like me will complain about going in, and, and then it'll it. happen, and I will be like, "This is magic. I love you all. Thank you." 
for knowing me better than I know myself. Yeah, and it, it, it kind of sounds perfect. as like a Friday night ESPN card from Fresno. Uh, and he, Beltran gets the win over some Japanese guy. Hiroki Okada, who I wish I knew more about coming in. He was 19-0 coming in. He had fought previously back in September on a Fresno card, so they're obviously foreshadowing this setup, but he took a split decision win over Christian Rafael Correa. I do not, Correa, I do not remember that fight, Rafe, but I'm not going to forget Okada now because he channeled his inner Arakawa versus Figueroa there and gave us a lot of magic. And I think you nailed it on all the reasons why Beltran seemed extra impressive this time. And, yeah, he got hit a lot, but he sort of times that that he rebuilt his jab and and he was just aggressive, man. He was aggressive in pockets when he needed to. Yeah, I'll, I'll watch. I'll watch Ramirez Beltran. I don't hate it. I don't hate this. I did not hate anything about this top ranked card. Uh, fun little franchise they got going on. I mean, sometimes we go, you know, top ranked stable is it big enough to hold up on this ESPN deal with this giant platform? Well, it's big enough when you're adding people like Sergey Kovalev to rent. It's big enough. When we know that these guys are coming, the Shakur Stevensons, the, the Conlins, the Teofimos, and it's big enough when you make fun TV fights, and that seems to be what they're doing. Jose Ramirez gave us a really fun one with Orozco that time. Now we got another fun one this weekend. We're building to more fun ones. Rafe, oh. I just want to have fun. All I want to oh. do is have some fun till the sun come up Brian, over Brian. Santa Monica Boulevard, Rafe. Brian, I was just thinking of something. Yeah. You oh, know, you weird. know that Top Rank has another pretty good 140 pound fighter. Coming off of a loss, but fun TV fighter was in some some bang out fights last year, round of the year candidate. So what's my man Alex Salcedo up to? Does he want to get back in the mix for something serious? Hey, can you text Peter Berg and, and set that up? I I'll just go to his gym, man. I'll just ro- I'll just roll in there and be like Rihanna, boom. Wow. Yeah, yeah. That is okay. That's special matchmaking. I'm here. Are you here long term for uh, Bud Jose Ramirez? Um, I think they got to make that short term if they want it, because I don't know how uh, that means. Honestly, that means if, if long term, that means they got to protect Jose Ramirez for yeah. for a while. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. All right. Uh, let's roll out of there, Rafe. Um, dude, I broke my back this week, and it's not fun to break your back and then what, get on. What flights. do you mean you broke your back? Um, it, like uh, it wasn't like uh, it wasn't one of those type of things. It was more like I broke my back. What do you mean by that? Your back is broken. What, a, a vertebrae or, or well, a partial? Spinal. Uh, I got some spinal going on right here. Uh, to get out of bed, it takes five to seven minutes, Rafe. Um, I dabbled at Thai massage by accident in L.A. the other night. Uh, personal mistake. I'm not, uh, you know, I'm not going to talk to you about how it ended. No, just kidding. Uh, personal mistake. Uh, Thai massage is very aggressive. I think that re-aggravated Fans, listeners to the podcast, I want to announce that I have a USB stick containing the video feed of Brian Campbell's no, no, no. Thai massage. Exclusive? You have the exclusive? You're, you're so horny that you've got the exclusive, aren't you? You got the exclusive? And I'm going to be sewing it into one of my hoodies. Do not ask me after the fight what is... Look, nothing happened uh, except for my back was broken even further. So even right now, there's a lot of pain. Uh, Rafe, let's speed through some latest news so we can get out of here with some Do You Care Rafe Boog style. Uh, oh, d- sorry, to close, DAZN 
Fun fight. Hey, Golden Boy DeZone in Indio, California this weekend. Andrew Cancio getting the upset comeback win over Machado to win a world title. Rafe, this was fun. I had to go out of my way to search this out and find it because Twitter was a fire for every man Andrew Cancio was considering retirement recently. Took off Monday from work now in celebration after this goes back to working on Tuesday. A regular man got up off the canvas to rally. This was some fun. Act. Thank you to Zone, a service I have. The timing worked out really nice in that we, as soon as the Showtime card ended, out there in the StubHub Center, whatever it's called now, we were able to flip on the Wi-Fi on and to watch the the, the, the main event of the DAZN card. It just worked out that way. It was very lucky. And it's. It, I think it, part of the reason people got so excited over this fight was that it started off like a squash match, right? They feel each other out for a couple minutes. All of a sudden... Machado, boom, lands a, you know, kind of hits, lands a hook or sort of catches Cancio on the top of the head, follows it with an uppercut. Cancio goes down and you're thinking, oh man, this is some garbage. This is why, why are we doing this? Especially, this is the, another 130 pound titleist fighting two hours away in the same state from Gervonta Davis for the same WBA sanctioning body. What is happening? Why are they fighting two different cards in two different cities on the same night when they should be fighting each other? You start thinking that and then all of a sudden, Cancio gets up and he starts looking good the rest of that first round. And he's landing some really crisp counters. Not, not really look, not really seeing if he's going to hurt Machado yet, but it, you're just like, Oh wait, no, he's in this fight. Like he, he's, he's getting some work done. And then he kept it up in the second, third, and, and you started to see Machado break down and all of a sudden Cancio's teeing off on him. And then the body shots in the fourth round sending Machado to his knees over and over again. It was magical, Brian. I, and then, oh my God, your heart, like the, the store, all of a sudden you're thinking of all the stories. He works for Southern California gas and electric, yes. jack hammering on a construction crew. And it's just like, oh my God, this guy's life just changed in one moment, in one night. Look boxing, at this. baby, only in boxing. You don't see this anywhere else. It's so, it's beautiful. Did Joe Smith Jr., uh, uh, the local plaster take, fill in his shift on Monday? That's that sometimes the local, the plasterer from the local council can become a, a world champion. And even though we crap on the title world champion because it doesn't really mean a lot in the era of sanctioning belts, I feel like we make exceptions for the guys like Cancio because it's so, it's, it's, I don't care if it's right or wrong. If he, and honestly, he has the legit version of the belt. He has the, the WBA belt that Jezreel Corrales won that, and, and and then uh, and and then Machado got by beating Corrales. So it's it's really Cancio is the real WBA champion right now, even if he's not the super duper flooper champion like Javante Davis is. Um, and and if he wants to call himself world champion, he I don't he can he can have fun with those alphabets. He's earned it. And it's just it's just awesome, man. Yeah, it's a feel good story, Rafe. I'm feeling myself. I'm feeling good. Wow. It is hot. It is hot. Wow. All right. Uh, put the lime in the coconut. Turn it all around. Other news. Uh, hey, this Maidana comeback is real. Now everyone's reporting it. Re, uh, signs again. Marcos Maidana with PBC. There's uh, a plan. Apparently uh, a PBC official telling Dan Raphael of ESPN that Maidana watched recent wins from Pacquiao and Thurman and said to himself, quote, I can beat those guys. End quote. 
So Maidana's going to work himself into shape, get a tune-up fight in the summertime, and come back for a major fight in the fall. Rafe, even though all big-time welterweights were mentioned in stories written by Raphael, top copperator, uh, we want the Broner rematch, don't we? Don't we, Rafe? I mean, I yes, mean, yes, we. I mean, let's yes, be, yes, and it yes. could be open weight. I'm down. Yeah, light heavyweight, whatever these guys want to do. Um, look, I, I, you got to have a little bit of mixed feelings about this, right? Because Maidana was the perfect example of the guy who got out. He he cashed out. He fought his heart out. Gave two really inspiring performances. Uh, against Floyd Mayweather, the best boxer of his generation, and pushed Floyd more than anyone since Jose Luis Castillo. Yes, yes. So and and walked away and became this living high, you know, fat on the hog or whatever the right way to say that term is, gaining weight, tattoos, getting all stretched out. Well, let me Just, correct you. Uh, the only people to put on pressure Floyd like that. Besides, so they, they, we could see us might be, uh, James Prince. <laughs> yeah, that, that, he, he might, he might have the, the off the books W there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, plus Spadafora. Spadafora and Guerrero in That's sparring true. also That's have no huge Guerrero, wins over No Floyd. Guerrero, just Spadafora. Thank you. Roll on. Okay. Continue. Um, but so yeah, Maidana was the guy who, he was the exception that proved the rule that boxing is a black hole that sucks everyone into its orbit. And, Ugh. and bleeds them dry until there's nothing left but a soulless husk. And, and Maidana was, was, was the guy who escaped. And now he's coming back. It's hard not to have mixed feelings about that. But I love him. I, I also uh, want to say, I was also super dude. missing him every year that he was not in the I ring know. because all these welterweights out there, you're like, you know who I'd love to see him fight? Marcos Maidana. But I what's know. he coming back as realistically is the other thing. I don't know how thin he can get. I, I don't, I, and I'm not one of these people that are already crapping on the comeback because unfortunately, look, dude, it was inevitable. It was going to happen. At some point, he was either going to get the hunger or the need for money, and he knows he can cash his name, and you hope he takes He ain't looking too hungry, Brian! Though, well, the problem is he's so many jail tats on his, on his chest and stomach. How stretched are those going to be when he cuts down? I mean, that's going to be, there's going to be like flabby weapons hanging off of his side there. Look, to, to quote uh, one of the men who has a win over Marcos Maidana, uh, once your skin is stretched, it is destroyed. Oh, you going Devin Anus Alexander? Is that where you're going with that? Wow, wow, wow. They both look great. They were cut up. They had six packs, eight packs, 12 packs, 24 packs. I think uh, he's been drinking more 24 packs than he's got on his belly. But, hey, I'm, I'm here for it. Come back. Uh, hey, you excited about Showtime picking up this February 23rd triple header in Britain headline? By James DeGale and James, uh, or not James, uh, uh, Chris Eubank Jr. Rafe, this is gonna be a cracker. They're gonna bang. Showtime sending the crew over there. This is one of those weird PBC, uh, English deals, but I love that we're getting it full Showtime experience. I think there's also a Lee Selby fight on that undercard, and of course we have that heavyweight co-feature of, uh, Berman Stavern against Joe Joyce. So, I'm here for this. I'm fired up. Yeah, I, I, it's not, an amazing card, but they're all fights I'm curious about. And there's something about the the British cards that come on in the middle of the day. I know they don't do great business and it's not the optimal timing for, for the boxing 
industry here. But for me as a fan, I love them. It's sort of, I don't put the same amount of pressure on them to be good. They're just on. It's the middle of the afternoon. I don't care. I'm checking it out. It's in Britain. I don't care if Ted Cheeseman is any good, if he's getting his head knocked off and fighting with his face first, if he'll ever fight outside of Britain. None of this matters to me. And these fights are obviously of more importance to the sport and going to be fought on a higher level than Ted Cheeseman fights. But what I'm saying is the stakes don't feel quite as high and it's enjoyable in that way. As a viewer, I don't mean like the stakes career wise, but I mean the stakes, just the time you're investing and the, that whole, like when you sit down at night and you get all the hype behind a big Saturday main event, a Showtime championship boxing type event, you, you, you kind of get your, that, that chip on your shoulder as a boxing fan. You start thinking, this better deliver, MFers. Um, yeah, I don't feel that way about the British fights. I'm just like, oh, it's a bunch of quality blokes having a good, having a good cracker. All right. I don't know if you, it, uh, you lost me at some point in that rant, whether you were silently crapping on this or whether you were saying whatever, but, this matchup, they're going to bang, Ray. <laughs> There's personalities. They're going to bang. Yes. Sign me up. I'm here for it. We'll preview it as it gets closer. Uh, final bit of news before we find out if you care. Uh, the WBA is effing up boxing again, aren't they, Rafe? Uh, again? I mean, did they ever stop? Remember that? Remember a couple of times they went public and said we we've realized our wrongs. We're going to stop putting out twelve titles per division, and now it's now what did they add? A gold title? There's a, there's like an in between. There's the super champion. There's the interim. There's the regular, and now there's the gold. This is this is almost as bad as when uh, Suleiman Junior of w, of WBC when there's a big fight that he doesn't have a belt a part of, and he's like. I'm just going to go blow all that extra money I have and make some belt out of like elephant tusk. And, uh, here's the, uh, you know, and then Floyd's like, thanks. Like, you know, like I'm going to blow millions for no reason. What is going on here, Rafe? I'm sick of this. It's bad. And, and it was, and Keith Eidick at boxing scene had a really smart, well-timed story on Friday that pointed this out. Just that you same region in Southern California, in Indio and in Carson here in the Los Angeles area, you had two 130-pound WBA title fights having place uh, taking place on split cards. Yeah, okay, guys who should have been fighting each other, and and it just ever it made no sense. There was no reason why Javante uh, Davis and Jesus Cuellar should have been named the title fight in the first place, yeah. given the super championship belt that they just like like fabricated out of thin air, and then it creates this split. Now I don't I don't know what. Especially with Cancio fighting on on Golden Boy and Dazone, it doesn't seem like the network situation or the you know the boxing politics side of this is going to lead to that getting resolved anytime soon. Although I imagine the way that Javante Davis has been operating, he might like to pick an easy belt off. Against just, the guy who had an expiring no, win. It just creates um, too many side pieces for each of these titles. And then people win them and then they're... Don't brag about winning the WBA gold title. Like even Manny's dirtbag 147 title. It's not real. Thurman's the WBA champion. Stop the madness. <sighs> Alright. Uh, do you care, Rafe, about this weekend? Are you ready? You fired up? Yeah, there's some stuff I'm already, I'm already, I've already got, uh, underlined in, in, in thick pencil. Alright, we have 10 minutes to make this happen. We have a tight schedule today. Let's do it. Friday night, Hinkley, Minnesota. Wow! That's out in Caleb Truax country. That's out in, uh, Scott Sledskills on Twitter's country. Uh, a lot of people dying out there. Uh, Ratcatcher, the, rat the, the, the Twitter, Hercules. the boxing Twitter legend, Ratcatcher. 
uh, very has, cold area know, out there. The yeah. world is ending on ESPN and ESPN Deportes headlined by Rob Brandt defending his WBA regular middleweight title. Same dirtbag stuff we're talking about against Kasin Baisangurov. Do you care, Rafe? Rob Brandt is fun. He looked, he looked, you know, if he fights the same type of fight he fought against Murata, Ryota Murata, when he had that great upset last year. Yeah, I'll check it out. Like he, if he's, if he's fighting that active as a middleweight, just throw, just putting all the loads on the, on the mat. At least it'll be fun. I have no clue if this is an important fight. I don't really care, but I, I might care a little. I don't care about Matisse's life. I don't care about his people. I don't care about his family. I don't care about them. I don't care about this fight. I do care about the co-main event. Apologies. I was, we were supposed to have, uh, Joshua Greer, who's an up-and-comer, uh, nicknamed Don't Blink, the, the Bantamweight, who's putting people to sleep, showing up with pillows at the weigh-in. This guy's a personality. Been wanting him on the show for a while. It was supposed to happen this week. I, uh, I had improper load man, time management. So, uh, like, the, you know, I thought I had the, the time and the load set up, and then they were just shooting off, and I missed it. I missed the mark, and I, I, I teased the bag. I got the mess. We will not. Yeah, between is... between this and the, the Dwyer drops you didn't add this week, man. This, yeah, I don't know. This is not a. Where were you last night between the hours of six p.m. and midnight? With, uh, with you, listen to, to uh, slow jams in the car, and uh, yeah, yeah, that's it. Was not a blow blow. It's not a blow, not a blow blow. Uh, Joshua Greer comes back against Giovanni. Escane, Escanier, 10 rounds, Bantamweights in this co-feature. Greer is a service that you, sh- you should start having, you should start caring about. Because, yeah, he can punch, but he seems to get it, right? He seems to have a really strong personality. I'm liking this guy. I'm maybe not on the tail level, but I'm liking him. You care about Well, that? that's exactly what I was going to say. We just all shot loads over, over Teofimo Lopez's oh. performance in the last couple of weeks. Let's – this guy has shown some similar – not like the same styler necessarily, but just he's a fighter to be excited about. He looks like one of these price of admission guys who you do, even when they're on the way up, even when they're not facing real stiff competition yet, you just want to see how good they look and imagine how good they can be. You know, people have been saying this a lot now and I, I'm starting, they're starting to convince me and you know me, I hate to agree with anyone. Yes. Um, the future of boxing feels bright right now. Wow. Young fighters are real, real good. And they have balls. I am more man. I have bigger huevos. They have balls, Rafe. Uh, I like this. Do you like uh, the opener here? Uh, Michaela Mayer versus Yareli Larios. Eight rounds, female junior lightweights. Hey, friend of the program, Michaela Mayer. Kind of, also kind of sneaky hot too, Rafe, if, you, if you're. I, I, don't, I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't evaluate fighters based on their looks i mean what, who do you think i am man what do you i'm not that i'm not uh, no no not, no 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 no, 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 no. no, no. Let, let's let's hands let's handle this with some some class and dignity all right because this is michaela's night yes Brian. This is michaela's and night. you know i think my only editorialization my only comment on this is that she should be the goddamn headliner all right it's about damn time wow all right, Rafe. Uh, that's that's very aggressive from you. Also, Friday night, Mulvane, Kansas. The undercard will air on UFC Fight Pass, so you know it does sound like a Roy Jones "Y'all Must Have Forgot" performance, which gives us this opportunity. Y'all must have forgot. Yeah, 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 yeah. From a game cock, y'all must have forgot. 
Forgot, 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 forgot. Nico Hernandez, that Olympian who uh, fills arenas in Kansas, is on this card in an eight-round flyweight bout versus Victor Trejo Garcia. But the main event is a Showtime showbox, Rafe. Get ready. Here we go. Junior welterweights, 10 rounds. Show Jahan Ergashev versus Michael Fox. Do you care? Hell no. Maybe talk to me later this week after I've listened to the Showtime Championship Boxing Podcast with Kieran Kansas Mulvaney yes. and, and Eric Raskin. They make me care after I listen to them break down these. Right now, you could be, I don't know what, you, you could be Eddie Hearn talking to me about nice and spicy knickknacks and frazzles. I don't care. Wow, wow. I don't care about his life, his people. You think I care what that guy did who behaved that way? <laughs> no. I don't. All right. Hey, Rafe, Saturday night, L.A., Los Angeles, Microsoft Theater. That's downtown. That's L.A. Live, brother. Fox. Fox. 8 p.m. Eastern. The big Fox. Leo Santa Cruz returning to defend his WBA, uh, WBA featherweight title versus late replacement Rafael Rivera. We thought it was going to be <clears throat> Miguel Flores. Rafe, I even was part of the production of a PBC face-to-face -face interview featuring Leo Santa Cruz and Miguel Flores. The next day, he pulled out with an injury. Rafael Rivera, who some have say is a better opponent because he bangs, brother. He bangs. Is going to fill in. Do you care? Yeah, I care. I, I As frustrated as I am that Leo is one of these fighters who I want to see in big fights really test himself. And he has, right? The two fights with Carl Frampton were fantastic. And he won the second one. He changed his style. He showed new wrinkles to his game. That's why those fights matter, Brian, because they push great fighters to do different things, to, to, to show more aspects of their game. And they rise to the occasion. And we don't get to see that nearly enough with Leo Santa Cruz. We're not going to have to see a new wrinkle on Saturday night. But he is one of the the, the fighters who I'm, I, I just always want to see. I, I care, but I'm also mad. I want more. I want more. Yeah, I do. And I want Gary Russell next. He does too. I think we're going to get it. If Rivera becomes a fun opponent who goes for it, this will be entertaining TV. Look, I'm all for Fox 8 p.m. Eastern start times on Saturdays and fun fights in the main event. So I think we're going to get it here. Leo is always worth the price of admission. But Rafe, let's be honest. It's this co-main event that we care about. Hell yeah. Oh, yeah. This is a box of sex. Open it up, Rafe. Pour the, the excrements all over your face. Oh. Let me... What kind of uh, what what are you into, man? What? <laughs> wow, um, Rafe, it's Omar Figueroa Jr. He's up at welterweight these days against John Molina Jr. Twelve rounds, too, by the way, Rafe. Not your ten round cracker. They're gonna bang, Rafe. This will be fun as heck. Two guys, Mexican Americans. They're juniors and they bang. Yeah, they bang. It's gonna be real, real fun. Um, I love John Molina in these fights. I don't, I, I, I don't even know. It's very hard to beat John Molina in these kind of fights. If you want to outbox, if you want to, you know, jab and move and 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 do that to John Molina, yeah, you can beat him. But if you're gonna go in there and bang with him and and try and stand up to that right hand, talk to my man Ivan Redcack from a, yes. like a year and a half ago up in Palmdale or Lancaster, but at late. Did like late end of the year PBC card where they threw all the fighters on there. I mean, Redcat thought he had him, he knocked Molina down bad, had him hurt early. 
Molina come back, man. He's gone. He, he has that right hand that will change fights. I mean, you saw he almost upset Lucas Matisse with it once. He, it, 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 the, the, the fantastic Mickey Bay comeback knockout. It is just, it's what Molina does. He, 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 he throws that just sledgehammer right hand slow as hell, but when it catches you, watch out. Yes. And he wears Terrible glasses. Yes. Those are, that are the two things you can always count on from John Molina. And I'm, I'm picking him in this fight. I think, I think he will outman Figueroa. I think so. Look, Figueroa's, uh, him at welterweight is not really a great idea when you consider he's not a big puncher, wasn't a big puncher in his prime in the smaller weight classes. He's a pressure fighter, sort of in the mold of a Juan Baby Bull Diaz, but I don't even think he has that level of craft, Rafe. He has that level of volume. He's going to get himself into wars. But John Molina has the biggest gun in this battle. I like Molina to win this fight. I'm gonna see. Some, we're gonna see some knockdowns. We're gonna find out how good Figueroa's chin is. I mean, we've seen it tested in the past against Arakawa level guys, but this guy's a banger. I like Molina in this uh, title fight before. No, IBF Junior Featherweight Eliminator Cesar Juarez versus Rice K Iwasa. We don't care, right? Uh, no, I don't know. It's hard to, hard to, hard. I don't feel anything moving for that All one. All right. Uh, before that, it's a title fight, Rafe. Carlos Lacona will defend his IBF strawweight title against DJ Creel. 12 rounds, do so you care? DJ Khaled? Uh, uh he is not, he's no strawweight. He ain't play, no strawweight. You play yourself, though. But, uh, further down on this undercard, Rafe, there's like seven, there's about 25 fights on this card. Uh, if you're, and I'm waiting down, for you to get to one specifically. Hugo, Hugo Centeno Jr. coming back eight rounds of middleweights against Oscar Cortez. One of the Charlos sent him to hell last year. Rafe, you care? Uh, no, 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 no. But I'll watch. All right. About four fights down on the card. Ivan Redcock, Rafe. Eight rounds welterweights against Tyrone Harris. You may have to show up. You going to this card? You may have to show oh, up. You know this. I'm going. You know I'm going. And there's one. You still have not found the, the the fight, the deep undercard fight that I am checking for. That I, I don't care I don't, about. I don't even know which one, one of them. Tell me about it. Which one are you talking about here? I forget who he's facing, but my man Sebastian Fundora, the six foot seven junior yes. middleweight. Six seven, 154 pounds. Think of that, man. He's, what kind of dimensions is that? He's in an eight-round junior middleweight bout against Donnie Marshall, former uh, UConn small forward. Remember him? Shoot, yeah. He, I, I'm surprised he can suck the strength down to 154. People don't realize but they're what, about the same height. What Donnie Marshall out of Federal Way, Washington, what he did, what he changed. He was a fa- decent player playing in the NBA, but he was a fashion icon, Rafe. He was the first big-name college basketball player to wear the t-shirt underneath the jersey, but cut off the sleeves right at the seam. Right around that point, I was a sophomore and junior in high school playing in a very fun wet and wild rec league in which kids would get high beforehand and then come in and play, and we took that crap seriously. And I like to think that Donnie Marshall brought that style to big-time college basketball, and Brian Campbell brought that style to the Naugatuck Connecticut Friday Night League. And then, because of innovations like that, we started getting the thing where you didn't just cut off, you cut off one sleeve, but then on your other sleeve, you would cut like a fringe, you would cut, oh, that, cut no, vertically that's off city. to create a fringe on one arm, you could only and then do you, that could, in the city. you could tie knots down at the end of yep. the fringes, I mean that was no, some no, high no, no. level stuff. I got something to tell you about that. You can only do that in the inner city. You can only do that if you're African American or Hispanic, and you can only do that if you have game. If you are not any of those categories, you will get your ass kicked for doing that, Rafe. That is, 
That is true. I, I tend to agree with those rules on that on that on that style choice. Uh, but I, I used to rock the Kerry Kittles one sock up, one down at some points. I typically rock the Keith Van Horn, Christian Leitner sock pulled up. Now let's not forget here. Around the time Van Horn became a folk hero at, at Utah with the socks pulled up all the way, Christian Leitner at times was bringing that back with the headband in Minnesota with the with the Timberwolves. I was rocking that out a little bit. There's a little 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 uh, country bumpkin in that, but I like that. I like that look. You not you didn't do that in the 90s. You didn't do both socks up. That was back before everybody was doing socks up. I, I never got. I, I just kept my socks low in the 90s, man. I kept my socks low, my shorts long, and my 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 hair real low. Well, early 90s, you had to do socks low because you can get your ass kicked for pulling them up high. Remember, because weird, 88, 89, you could still do the Michael Cooper and pull the socks up over your kneecaps. Then early. By 90s, the way, Brian. What's up with the kids in the skinny jeans? Can we talk about that for a minute? I'm trying to, what's up with these kids wearing these skin tight pants? Wow, I don't wow, get it. Wow. Okay. Uh, what's up with that? Uh, hey, Rafe, um, Saturday night, St. Petersburg, Florida, UFC fight pass, William Silva versus Juan Roman. So at least 10 rounds, whatever, lightweights kind of sounds like another Roy Jones uh, product. You don't, you don't, we don't care. We don't care. We already played the song. I don't care. I don't care. All right. Uh, yeah, that's it. You don't care about any of these other ones. Um, oh, we have a title fight in Cancun on Saturday. Eusenia Gomez versus Erica Hawanya. Ten rounds for Gomez's WBC Women's Junior Flyweight title. That is a service that I have. Saturday in Koblenz, Germany. Rafe, get ready for this. Are you ready? I'm not talking about I'm Anthony Yigit. Who's on the uh, undercard in the eight round? I was born ready, Brian. In the main event, Abbas Barrao versus Carlos Molina, twelve rounds junior middleweights. Is it the Carlos Molina who came up from one forty that Amir Khan killed, or is it the Carlos Molina who gave the black pill to James Kirkland, who we can't speak about because he once touched somebody and he can't get a visa? Is it which Carlos Molina is it? I don't know. I, I probably Chicago Carlos Molina who got deported on the statutory charge because it's fight the fight is in Mexico and the Carlos Molina who lost to Adrian Broner and Amir Khan is based here in California. That's just my my best guess, but I do not know. All right. Uh also Saturday from Erstal, Belgium. Francisco Ken Patera, fresh off, taking oh, the O your boy. from the Sandman Lewis Ritson, will defend his European lightweight title against Marvin Pettit. I know he we don't slayed, care. He slayed Lewis Ritson back in the rec room era. All right. Uh, also on Saturday from Quezon City, Philippines, Rafe. Tagalog, mm. Pinoy Power, Dave Penalosa versus Marcos Cardenas, 12 rounds featherweights. You in on this? Dave Peñalosa, I wonder if he is a son or a nephew of the the great champion, the great Filipino champion Gary Peñalosa. Uh, it's it's possible. John Real Casimero versus Kenya Yamashita, ten rounds bantamweights in that co-feature. Hell yeah, John Real has had some good fights. He's a, he's a player at those divisions. He, he you know he's around. He bangs. All right, all right. That's all I got. There's other fights, but nobody cares, Rafe. Uh, thank you for your services today, Rafe. Uh, they were services I enjoyed and I have, Rafe. I went the full damn show. Without Hyatt's Dwyer, week of the fight, none of that, Rafe. And it didn't really feel right. Fans, get in this man's mentions and make him feel the pain. Give this, give Brian Campbell the worst week of his life for not giving us the Dwyer we need. I feel the sun is setting on Dwyer's life in this show, Rafe. Look, hey, man, don't be that. 
guy. Don't be a blank. I'm sorry to that to that uh to our passionate fans. Uh Dwyer's got what it takes for the show. He'll be back next week. I can't do it another one. I can't do it, Riff. All right. Don't be moderation. It's called moderation, you know? Take you know, just a tip, just a little bit of Dwyer. The rhythm method, is that where you're going with this? I I'm a withdrawal guy. All right, let's close by uh, having a little bit of party, celebrating Nepali culture. I think you know that about as well as Keith Thurman does. Yes, I do. Uh, Rafe, follow us on uh, at State of Combat, at Rafe Bugs, buy all of his books. Follow me at B Campbell CBS. Rafe, anything else for the people? We're, I'm rambling. Well, I'm going to say one thing to Alex Godinez. I know you live in uh, Sacramento, my man, even not down here in L.A. I don't know about our guy, B.C. He may not know. Besides that, we out. <laughs>